that adrenaline that rushes that makes you pay attention to whatever that unmet need is we don't know it's an unmet need like logically intellectually we just like this doesn't feel comfortable we need to get rid of it because we're so conditioned to do that which is why when it comes to you know healing your anxiety and changing your relationship with anxiety is very uncomfortable and this is why doing these kind of exercises and knowing what the mistakes are helps you to be able to create new habits new patterns new neuro pathways so that the discomfort doesn't mean anymore a threat, a danger. It just means I gotta sit down and I just gotta feel, or I gotta sit down and I just gotta pause. You're listening to the Free From Burnout podcast with Ashley Fraser. This is a space where you come every other week to learn more about what it means to celebrate your everyday emotions. And by doing that, that's what helps you build a life that's free from burnout. And the best part is, you don't have to do it alone. Because over here, we believe when you're feeling calm, collective and confident in showing all the faces of your emotions, you can handle anything. So let's let the stress take a back seat and welcome in today's episode. Hey, and welcome to the brand new episode here on the Free From Burnout podcast called The Joy of Anxiety. Now, this is a four-part series that's going to go on the journey of helping you build a more positive and peaceful relationship with anxiety so that it can enhance your life and for you to be able to see the benefits and the joys of being a human being that experiences anxiety. So make sure you join me for each episode where we're going to be breaking down the concepts, mistakes, stigmas, and also giving you helpful tips, strategies to be able to help you get through all of your anxious moments. I hope you enjoy today's episode. We are going to dive straight into part two of the Joy of Anxiety series. Okay, so part one, we kind of went over the foundations of anxiety and kind of like the things to remember, the key areas in which you can start to articulate and identify if you are experiencing some level of anxiety. So this week, we're going to be talking about thinking versus feeling anxious, because I feel like this is a huge, huge, huge component. And it's an area that there are a couple of mistakes that I know I have made. And even now I have to keep course correcting myself because our brains are just so wired to just do what we've always done. And it can also create a lot more anxiety, to be honest. It creates more stress in the body when we continue to repeat these mistakes. And then I'm going to give you the opposite versions of the things that can help you. And they're just two tools that are just super simple, super easy for you to be able to help you manage if and when you ever feel a little bit anxious. We have to dive in to anxiety again and really go down to the core of what it is. And truly, when we talk about anxiety, anxiety actually is a secondary emotion. So I have this wheel of emotion that I give to every single client because I think it's incredibly, incredibly helpful. And I'm going to do an episode just on this wheel because expanding our emotional vocabulary helps us to be able to help ourselves and for other people to truly identify how they can help us too. 
when we talk about, but on this wheel, there are multiple different layers of, of emotion. And then you have like the core emotion, which is usually like happy, sad, anger, excitement, averagely, right? So, and then as you go out on the outer layers, it just gets less and more less intense. And what that does, it helps you to understand that when you're feeling anxious, for example, really anxiety is not the real reason you're feeling the way you're feeling. A lot of the time you are feeling a level of sadness, you could feel anger, you could feel worry, you could feel a level of loss, you could feel grief, you could feel despair, you could feel even jealous, envy, you can feel so many different emotions that are under the surface and that truly is what is causing you to feel anxious and when we talk about anxiety I want us to start differentiating like when you are feeling anxious that is truly anxiety we kind of class it as I've got anxiety but really what's happening is that you're experiencing uncomfortability within your body because anxiety averagely shows up in your body and that's usually when you know, like, oh, I'm feeling anxious, right? Because you're feeling, you're experiencing anxiety in your body. So it's not who you are. It's not just, you know, part of your psyche. It's actually something you're experiencing in a moment. Because anxiety doesn't last 15 years. <laughs> you can experience anxiety for 15 years consistently and, and quite intensely. But you don't consistently feel anxious every single second of your life for 15 years you have moments of anxiety and that's where last week when we spoke about it being temporary remembering that I like to think about it almost like a season like it's a moment therefore means there's a start and a finish and how quick we we get to the finish part when we feel like we've started is truly down to these two areas that I'm going to be speaking about today because they heavily affect how long that moment lasts for. So anxiety is a secondary emotion and it is something you averagely feel in your body or that's the area you like to pay attention to first. Really, the reason you're feeling it is because ultimately it's about you paying attention to an unmet need. It's really there to kind of nudge you to be like, hello, are you ignoring this big thing that you just seem to just not want to be talking about, thinking about, feeling? So this is going to be, I'm going to poke you and keep poking you until you pay attention to me. And then the problem that a lot of us have, and I think it's based on how we've been grown in society, how we've been educated, how we've been conditioned, is that anytime we feel a negative or an uncomfortable emotion, the very first thing we want to do is to get rid of it right and in many ways our brain sees that as a pain right we feel it as pain discomfort is pain ultimately and then our brain then sees pain as a threat (laughs) so then what it wants to do is it wants to just run as far away from it as possible because it feels really uncomfortable and it's something that can hurt us and even though it's an emo- it's not necessarily a physical although it you know of course it feels 100% physical but ultimately it's an emotional threat to your body to your brain so it's going to do its best to try and like flood you with adrenaline so you can get out of there but I think this is where 
having the understanding and the awareness between your thinking and your feeling within your body and within your brain of knowing like when is the right time to flee and when is the right time to actually sit still and withstand that and the whole reason around this series is ultimately around helping you withstand and tolerate anxiety more because the more we run away from it the less we're being able to actually confront the problems that we actually are going through and the emotions that we actually do need to deal with and they could be the smallest things or they could be really big right there's a huge scale of the you know underlying emotions but ultimately it's just about having that one percent extra more tolerance to that discomfort in your body i.e feeling the anxiety and just by being able to have that what like instead of immediately running away as soon as you feel like a, like a tightness in your chest or like you you feel that pain almost it's about okay instead of immediately responding reacting and running away and just doing something else it's about okay let me pause for two seconds and even that two seconds as small as that is is such an accomplishment when you're used to just immediately just batting it away you know dismissing it away overlooking it avoiding it so that is progress in itself and just think about it if you felt anxious six times a day and over those six times a day you withstood it two seconds more each day that is 12 seconds more of you withstanding and starting to build a tolerance to it than before when it was nothing right and doing that over a week a month several months years you can gain so much time back and so much less suffering and that truly is the main goal of this episode and this entire podcast I'll be very honest it's all about trying to withstand and increase your tolerance to feeling a negative emotion and helping you therefore you know not fall into burnout obviously but ultimately being able to help you get through the hard and challenging parts of your life and your business any situation that you're in and you have learned the art of tolerance when it comes to feeling into a negative emotion really When it comes down to thinking versus feeling anxious, the number one mistake I see and I do, (laughs) like I've been doing, I still do it. I course quit because my brain is just hardwired to do this, down to my personality, I'll be very honest, but is to intellectualize emotion. So this is a thinking mistake, right? So what that means is that when you intellectualize this like psychological term, it all basically means that you're channeling mental energy into being logical about something surrounding the trigger. So surrounding the thing that's triggered you, like the circumstance that's come up that's made you feel a certain type of way. And then you, instead of dealing and confronting with that emotion, you do other things, right? It's almost, it sounds very similar to like procrastinating, distraction all very similar but you then get really busy being logical so you almost like whereas distraction is usually something completely opposite to what you're doing it's doing something that's related to the problem but not dealing with the actual emotion so for example you're almost creating a new emotion of like being busy right so for example if you get an angry email from a client or an email from a client or a customer that's, you know, you don't necessarily feel like 
is a great thing and you feel worried about that so you're worried about what the effects could be on your business and really you're worried about how that person looks at you right as a person especially if you're a solopreneur everything's very becomes very personal right you feel like it's directly at you so you feel like okay this email is directly at me the person in charge right so instead of responding to that email and confronting the worry you have because in order for you to respond to an email really truly and coming from a place of not reactionary is a response you have to confront the fact that you feel worried and why you feel worried like what that worry is connected to so the fact that it's connected to your identity and you feel like that person is judging you got an opinion of you there's an embarrassment there whatever those emotions are because that's truly what's underneath that that worry there but that worry makes you feel anxious right it causes you to feel something in your body you're experiencing anxiety and you therefore instead of like, like I said going forward towards the why am I feeling worried what does this mean about me you focus on clearing your inbox so can you see it's related to an email but not the email (laughs) so you focus on clearing your inbox and you reply back to all the other emails that you've forgotten about for last week and you're like yeah I'll get back I'll get back to them I'll get back to them and now you're like yeah I'm gonna get back to them I'm gonna get real focused tick them off get real organized and feel really accomplished and because really you're trying to override the feeling of worry, you know, judgment, opinion, embarrassment, shame, whatever is there. And you don't want to confront those emotions. So that is what intellectualizing really looks like in an example, right? And there's so many different ways that it can come up and how you do it. And especially if you are a problem-solving person, you can naturally fall into this because I definitely do (laughs) I definitely do because the thing is you have to think about your anxiety and why the cause is to be able to help heal it right and to move past that period of time or that circumstance or whatever it is that's triggered it you have to do that however intellectualizing kind of feels a bit like you are solving the problem (laughs) because it feels like you're accomplishing something but truly you are accomplishing things in your to-do list which is fabulous but not right now you know so then that's kind of the biggest thinking mistake that I definitely see very common and it's almost like automatic right because again your brain thinks there's a threat so what does it do it goes to work on being busy so that it doesn't feel threatened anymore when you're clearing your inbox when you're applying back to other customers and emails you don't feel threatened you don't feel worried you don't feel distressed you don't feel any level of stress in your body because you're focused on other things however when you finish all those things what comes flooding back the same worry that same one email that is still sitting there looking at you and you know that you need to respond back to it but you haven't dealt with the emotions yet in order for you to feel you know, up to it to be able to respond in a way that's not reactionary, that's not personal, that's not emotional, right? The other mistake that I see from a feeling perspective, the number one mistake when it comes to feeling, is kind of what I mentioned before, is that you're trying to get rid. So when you feel an emotion of anxiety, you feel anxiety because of that email, right? You feel that worry. Instead of intellectualizing, you could start numbing. 
So this is the other mistake that I see so many people make and you numb. And what that means is that, and this could look like overeating, overworking, overexercising, overdrinking, over anything, over Netflixing, over Disney Plusing, over an Apple TVing, over no Nintendoing, like literally anything, <laughs> over shopping, over anything. It just means that you're doing more than what you should be doing or what you normally do because of how you're emotionally feeling in your body. Like you want to be able to get your body out of that discomfort by creating comfort. And if your go-to, if you're naturally someone that is really into their work and you just focus on work, 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 you're going to overwork. If you're someone that loves to go to the gym and you love to work out and it's your go-to thing to just do anyway, you're going to over-exercise. You know what I mean? If you're someone that loves to cook and you love, you know, chocolate and those comfort foods genuinely, then you're going to overdo that too. So it's kind of where your personality sits and your natural habits are as a comfort and you will just do it more because you don't want to feel that emotion that's really uncomfortable within your body you're just going to distract yourself until you don't feel it anymore basically and the problem with this again which is very similar to the intellectualizing but just from a body perspective is that you're still going to feel that once you finish eating working exercising once you rest that emotion is not going to flood back again it's a bit like if you was to get this email in the morning you do all the things you intellectualize right and then you decide oh, I'm gonna go for a run and then you go for a run for two hours when you usually go for like an hour because you're like oh, I really need it you know what I mean and you feel great and you feel oh yeah I feel good you feel really like you've done the work and you feel really tired like you get in the shower and you you know relax do all the things and then you cook your dinner you eat whatever get ready for bed and as soon as you lay down that flood of anxiety comes rushing back and you're like oh almost like I thought I'll get rid of this that 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 (laughs) thought of like I thought this had gone I thought I had got rid of this and then you go to somehow get to sleep right and then you wake up and you think oh yeah and then like a ton of bricks it comes flooding right back again again you're like I thought I got rid of this and this tells you that you've been numbing because it's not something you have dealt with and sometimes it's very painful and I I'm not taken away from that because I 100% feel like that I felt like that multiple times and even though you know these are things that the mistakes that I'm talking about is because I've made them (laughs) I've made them and I keep making them because my brain just flips back into it sometimes without of the level of awareness but that's okay because like I said it's all about course correcting so even if you make these mistakes and you have the awareness, you have all the resources around you to help you, but your brain still falls back into these same patterns, that's fine. As long as you're able to then shift out of it quickly and into the areas or what you know that you do need to do to help yourself better. And this is all this is. It's not about perfection. It's just about learning to course correct constantly, constantly course correcting, constantly course correcting. You know, you wake up with that. And I call it like, the anxiety hangover or the morning anxiety which is quite a popular term where you just wake up and for sometimes in your head you're like I don't even know why I feel like this and you just feel 
Anxious. Right, immediately as soon as you wake up. But truly, it's because maybe your brain has forgotten it's been distracted, intellectualized, it has numbed itself, like it's done all the things to kind of keep busy so that you don't think about it anymore. But your body remembers, and that's the thing. There's this podcast I listened to, and it was one episode, and it said it was all about body thoughts. And it's so true, like your body has its own brain. And they say, like, it's the gut, right? It's your second brain. But your body has its own brain. Like, your nervous system keeps a record and a memory of so many things that you have determined based on your reaction, based on your beliefs, based on your thinking, that this is something that I need to remember for the future because it's threatening, it's painful. And I need to remember, and I'm going to alert the body for the brain to remember that this is a thing that we need to not feel anymore. And if it does come up, we've got to get rid of it as quick as possible because it's a threat to our lives. It's a threat, it's dangerous. And this is where, like, when it comes to the anxiety in our bodies, is that, that adrenaline that rushes that makes you pay attention to whatever that unmet need is we don't know it's an unmet need like logically intellectually we just like this doesn't feel comfortable we need to get rid of it because we're so conditioned to do that which is why when it comes to you know healing your anxiety and changing your relationship with anxiety is very uncomfortable and this is why doing these kind of exercises and knowing what the mistakes are helps you to be able to create new habits new patterns new neuro pathways so that the discomfort doesn't mean anymore a threat a danger it just means I gotta sit down and I just gotta feel or I gotta sit down and I just gotta pause right and instead of running away from it immediately and it is uncomfortable to get through that period but that's any new to any new habit any new change is uncomfortable because it's not the normal workings and patterns of your brain and your and the way you are it's not the way you've lived your life up until this point so having to change that is going to be uncomfortable and it literally is you creating a literal new pathway in your brain that needs time to connect and form and then you need to repeat it to continue to repeat and repeat and repeat is to be able to create change right it's exactly the same as like when you start a new job or when you're in a new environment but especially when you start a new job and the, you know everybody works differently every place has a different system every place has a different way of working and then you have to learn that that first week you are so tired because your brain literally is creating new neuro pathways how to do something new and because it takes up so much brain power is the reason why you feel so utterly tired that first seven days or first week first five days of your new job because you're inputting all the information a bit like a computer you're downloading everything and you're trying to make sense of it for yourself for you to be able to do your job well but in a way that they do it right you're acclimatizing yourself and that's why it actually makes you so tired because your brain doesn't like to use that level of energy because it then takes away from your body as you can tell you feel tired every time you go home you go to sleep (laughs) because you're like I'm exhausted today was just a lot of information but really what's happening is that you're literally physically creating a new neuro pathway and then think about how long that lasts doesn't last very long you have to obviously keep repeating it because you're in a new environment you're likely to be repeating you know new information and the way they do things and their processes and things but think about how long that tiredness lasts it doesn't last that long maybe two weeks 
but it will start to tail off after the first week really and think about if you were to do that with your anxiety or with you want to change the way you react to it by sitting with it longer how uncomfortable would that discomfort feel for how long it won't be very long if you look at that from a perspective of creating a new neuro pathway in your brain and the physicality it takes but you have to keep going with it and that's the part that I want to help you with is that to withstand that it's okay to be uncomfortable and anything you want to do especially if you are a business owner anything you want to do in your business is going to be new it's got to be uncomfortable so really the way you do one thing is the way you do everything if you're able to be able to help change the way you react to your anxiety and sit with it longer and tolerate that discomfort longer how is that reflective of how you change things in your business or you take risks in your business because risks requires discomfort it's going to be hard you're going to have to sit within that discomfort long enough to see the benefit of it and it's exactly the same so I've just gone on for the run I'm sorry <laughs> But it's just so important to stress that they're not isolated. And this is anything in your life. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And because your brain works exactly the same way, regardless to the circumstance, exactly the same way. Now that you've seen like the two, you know, one main thinking mistake, intellectualizing, and the one main feeling mistake, which is numbing, trying to avoid it, you know, get rid of it. I want to be able to help you and give you the opposites, right? So here are two tools really and exercises that you can do to be able to help you flip the script for both so for the thinking side of things you have instead of intellectualizing which obviously is something that we naturally can do it's about confronting the emotion because remember intellectualizing is you not confronting your emotion so obviously the opposite would be to confront the emotion and that can sound very um you know aggressive <laughs> it's not like a lot of work however here is a really simple model to help you go through that so as soon as you know there's an issue circumstances come up for example let's take the angry email as the example to continue this when it comes to confronting your emotion it's about looking at the real emotion remember I said at the very beginning anxiety is a secondary emotion so we've got to go for what's the main primary one what's the number one what's the one thing one emotion that's really just tipping the scale here and it's underneath the surface from a subconscious level what it's doing is something has happened and it's caused your current belief to be in conflict with this new belief right so it's now disrupted your sense of self that's basically what it's done for example you get an angry email you feel worried about what that person has said and how they may think of you based on the service or product that whatever you know the email is but they're obviously upset about something and you think you know it's a almost like a personal attack but then your core belief is that I'm a really good person I'm, I'm kind I will do anything to help. I will never be, I will never do anything that is purposely to upset anyone. That's your core belief. And then this email has come in and it's disrupted your sense of self. It's now in conflict with the belief that is, you know to be true as to who you are. But the issue here is that what the angry email says and then what you make it mean are actually two different things, right? The angry email can just say, I really dislike the way that 
you know, the program ended so abruptly without core support at the end, for example, if you're a service-based business, right? And you make that mean that you personally have done something personally wrong to that person, right? That that they think that you've done something personally. You designed the program specifically that makes them feel like they've just been abandoned, right? And then you're like, but I'm not that person. I wouldn't do that. That wasn't my intention. Like all of the things, because your belief is I'm a kind, genuine, honest, caring, loving person, right? So this email, really what the email is saying is that I just need a bit more support, maybe just, you know, an email to say, you know, I'm so sorry. And apologies, customer service, right? From, But what we do naturally is we attach a lot of emotion, especially when you're one person in your business, you've been doing it all when you're very close to your business. It means a lot to you. Everything feels very personal. So you naturally take it personally. So there's two areas here where you can be like, well, you know, this is actually what she's saying. And this is what I'm making it mean. There are two different approaches to think about the actual email itself. And with those two approaches determines, therefore, the conflict you're feeling between your core belief, who you are as a person, your identity, your sense of self versus the external thoughts and emotions that are coming towards you that is now in some kind of battle. And then that's where you feel the discomfort in your body because then you're worried and that anxiety and that worry transfers into anxiety into your body. And that's what's making you therefore pay attention that there's unmet need of worry, unmet need of you know, something there for you to pay attention to. So in order for you to confront that, a really good, easy model that you can do by yourself. And the aim of this model is to help you understand the link between your thoughts and your feelings. If you haven't established that already <laughs> with this episode. So it's called the ABC model and it's using cognitive behavioral therapy. So if you ever need to go to the doctor's GP, whatever, and you say, I'm feeling really anxious for whatever X, Y, and Z, and then they refer you to a therapist talking therapy, CBT is likely to be the therapy that you're going to be using and that they will use with you and potentially this exercise quite regularly because it is the most easiest way to almost help you self-regulate, help you almost like self-therapy so you can help yourself a lot more. And it's seen as quite a, you know, a short-term fix because you're going to be doing talking therapy, i.e. be seeing a counsellor and it's usually based on a short-term basis. If it becomes a deeper, you know, there's a lot of trauma there and there's unhealed trauma that's truly affecting you on your day-to-day life. And it's affecting how you just do your basic functions, which we spoke about last week. Then you may get referred to like a psychotherapist or someone that's a bit more specialised with the type of therapy that you actually need. So CBT is at the base, the top level, and it's usually very heavily linked to depression and anxiety. It's really good for those two. The A part of the ABC model is the activating event. So again, we'll take the example of the email. That's the activating event. You've got to send an angry email, right? And then the B is your beliefs. Again, we'll split it like I did previously, your irrational beliefs and your rational beliefs. So the irrational one, like I said, could mean that you think that they think that you did this intentionally and that you purposely wanted 
to not offer the, the support because you didn't want to charge extra or maybe you did, you did it as an add-on rather than included into the program and they think that you're just trying to make money, extra money kind of thing, right? So that's the irrational belief. That is your opinion of what that person has said based on the email. And then there's the rational one of she's just upset, right? She's upset about the her experience towards the end of the program and she would have liked it to be potentially a little bit have a lot more support towards the end so you feel yeah so it's yeah you know you feel a bit concerned for her should we say you know you feel concerned versus you feel ashamed like the other one right you feel completely ashamed in that perspective so those are the two different beliefs the difference the irrational belief you feel ashamed and then you know what you made it mean and then you feel concerned because she didn't feel like she got the full service and that she just wanted extra support at the end and then the c is a consequence so that's basically the part of like your behavior so what the b makes you do so what are the beliefs the thoughts that you had what that therefore makes you do or feel in this case what you do currently is you intellectualize right you're doing other things to avoid responding back to the email and then maybe you're feeling also you feel angry maybe you feel very angry you feel worried obviously but that worry then quickly turns into just frustration to be like you know it could be the complete opposite and still that's still your consequence right the simplest version of what's happened is abc activating event your belief the irrational one and the irrational belief and then the consequence and with the b is that you can either choose or at least write down both of them and you can see and trial with the irrational one what does it make you do and then with the rational one what would it make you do and you can see the difference between your behavior based on what you are believing to be true and it's a really good way, again, for you to kind of look at the connection between the two and understand that it has a very strong link of how you think and feel really dictates, therefore, what you then do. So the ABC is really good at the thinking mistake. So the mistake of intellectualizing, now you create the ABC model. You do that when a activating event, when something triggers, when a circumstance comes up, a scenario comes up that you immediately feel a certain type of way about immediately whip out ABC and write it down and see what happens especially if you want to learn to respond to anxiety and not react to it so then the second instead of the feeling of course the feeling mistake was trying to numb it that's the biggest mistake most people make so now the opposite to that is actually experiencing it in your body right because numbing you don't want to experience it you you want to forget about it but the opposite now is to actually confront almost like confronting the feelings in your body experiencing the feeling of anxiety in your body what that actually feels like and in this perspective I like to think about anxiety as energy in your body because one it doesn't feel so intimidating and as threatening because when you have energy like energy is all around you energy is you know neutral there is no positive or negative to it like it's just there so it's just about thinking about your anxiety like okay this is energy moving through my body because every emotion is energy in motion right energy in motion emotion so that's really a good way again to kind of start detaching the emotion towards it making it less threatening less intimidating and more approachable I like the exercise of being the lifeguard. 
So when you think about a lifeguard, you know that they are overlooking high distance. They're sitting on their tall chair. <laughs> it's like very, very, very tall chair. And they're looking over the swimming pool or the sea or whatever it is that they are observing. They're observing the people swimming. Obviously, their job is to save a life if someone looks like they're drowning. However, they are observing the pool. They're observing what's going on, the behaviours, the tone, seeing what people are doing, seeing their reactions, listening to the noises. They are taking a good overview picture of what is going on over their however many hours they're shifted and they are very curious about oh okay what does that sound mean and based and linking it to the body language and linking it to the general energy of in the pool there's you know I mean seeing what's happening they're taking no they're staying factual is it a fact that they're just playing or is it a fact that that person now is drowning they can't breathe and they're struggling right? Is it factual? They can't be emotional. It has to be very factual. And then they're saying very present. They're not on their phone. They're not, you know, pondering and looking around. They're looking at the people because at any moment, any split second, things can change. Being a lifeguard, you of course have your job and you know what you have to get in there and do as and when it's time. But you stay present, you stay detached, you create a distance between yourself and what's going on. And that is the same way that I want you to think about when you're experiencing anxiety. Because think about anxiety as people in the pool, right? When you are feeling that energy in your body, adrenaline rushing around, and you are feeling like the tightness in your chest, and you're feeling like, you know, like if you're struggling to breathe, not struggling to breathe, but you're feeling like a weight on your chest or you're feeling tingles on your body, you're feeling like agitated, all of those emotions and the behaviours or the responses, the physiological responses that you're feeling in your body, I want you to pay attention to them, but like a lifeguard, where you're just observing it, being like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And taking note of like, oh, that's how it feels. This is exactly where I'm feeling in my body. And it feels bubbly. It feels light. It feels stabby. It feels painful. And if it's painful, like describe that pain, right? You're getting curious. You're getting really curious. Taking note of all these things. And you are understanding what's your temperature like right now. Are you feeling really hot? Are you feeling quite cool? Is your heart racing fast? Are you breathing fast? Can you catch your breath? Are you breathing really slowly? Where is it in your body? What does it feel like? How does it, what's the texture of it? What's the smoothness of it? Is it bumpy? Is it razory? Is it like fabric? Is it square? Is it round? Is it like a hexagon? Is it like a triangle? But is it a flat triangle or is it a 3D triangle? right and is it poking where is it poking and what part of your body is it sitting in is it sitting towards the surface is it sitting further back what color is it is it black is it green is it translucent is it multiple colors does it keep changing is it one solid color <laughs> right is it moving is it is it kind of like fluid or is it quite solid or is it does it is it crumbling like literally being a lifeguard observing and describing getting curious describing saying present taking note and staying factual 
And that's the most important one I can say is staying factual of what is going on in your body. And when you do that, you will notice how quickly that discomfort in your body starts to dissipate because now you're not creating more thoughts in your head that's feeding it from a fearful place. You're now coming from a very neutral standpoint and you're being quiet. You're disconnected from the emotion of it because you're now becoming the observer. And this is one of the best ways for you to be able to start processing in the moment of anxiety or the experience of anxiety in your body. You start to allow the energy to start moving again, right? Because when you feel anxious, it's stopped. It's stagnant energy, right? But when you actually pay attention to it you observe it and you create a very detailed description of it you one have exposed it and anxiety hates exposure fear hates exposure so you've now exposed it and you've now been super descriptive of it you're now just in your body you're being very mindful and that's what it is you've now dropped into your body when people say drop into your body that's what that means (laughs) You move your thoughts from your brain into your body and you start paying attention and be present within your body. And this is an incredible way for you to be able to help, you know, regulate your emotions again and your nervous system and help sound off the alarms or fight or flight. And you're just being present because when you're in your body, you're telling your brain it's safe and your body, your nervous system, everything in your body, you're telling it it's okay and everything's good. There's no threat here, there's no danger, and there's safety. And that's what's happening. You're allowing and you're building that relationship between you and your body that, you know what, I can actually experience it. And it's okay because it's not that scary because I've, all you're doing is describing it. You're not trying to intellectualize. You're not trying to problem solve. You're literally just being present. And just by doing that switch as often as you possibly can, you'll start to feel the difference between not doing it and trying to numb it because that's what you know most people do that naturally versus the opposite of like okay let me actually be brave get curious be courageous and start being like looking into this and just doing that over two minutes three minutes it doesn't even matter how long you do it for you will start to feel the difference in your body almost immediately and what you're actually doing which is circling right back to the beginning of this podcast is that you're building more tolerance you're pausing you're stopping and pausing and you're building the tolerance to withstand that discomfort but the funny thing is and the irony of it is is that the discomfort then doesn't feel so uncomfortable when you actually pay attention to it so I'm hoping that this episode has helped you to be able to really understand one the connection between your feeling and thinking when it comes to your anxiety but two looking at the mistakes that you're likely and most people are naturally making, and that's absolutely okay, that you can actually turn that around and you have exercises and tools for both sides that you can whip out by yourself. You don't need anybody else to aid you to be able to start to, in those moments. It's really down to the moments of feeling anxious, not outside of them, in the moments, and helping you learn to build at least that 1% more tolerance every single time you experience the name. 
So if you do manage to try these, please, please, please do let me know through Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm actually going to put my TikTok now because I'm on TikTok. (laughs) So on TikTok too. Or just send me an email just to let me know like, these you know your experiences and if they've worked or how they've helped you because my biggest aim on this podcast is just to give you tools to be able to help you build more tolerance to withstand negative emotions so I'm I hope this is helpful I'll be back for part three I hope you have an incredible incredible week take care bye thank you for listening to the show if you enjoyed today's episode please do subscribe and if you're thinking of someone you know that needs to hear today's message please share this episode with them and remember no one needs to travel alone we are all in this together catch you on the next episode